0: But the headline should tell you all, New York Times, the economy is booming, but far from normal, posing a challenge for Biden. High inflation, ghostly downtowns, and a resurgent virus have rattled consumers and created new obstacles as the president tries to push his broader economy. Uh, if you look kind of at the beginning of this story, they, the the economy the American economy is growing at its fastest clip in a quarter century, and they link I guess the data is showing it's growing at the fastest clip in a quarter century. Yet it remains far from normal, with some workers and small business owners facing increasingly tough times, while other thrives. Steve, I don't know about you, but I think part of the reason we have the corrupt status quo that we do is because we have a media that kind of creates this alternative economy that is thriving and is booming, based on numbers that you know Alan Greenspan or you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, what's his face that devilish person for reagan who was the father of trickle down i forget his name basically they create this propaganda about how what is the measurement for economic uh, an economy booming and what is the mechanism for an economy sinking when in reality i don't know i go out in the country i haven't spoken with every american it's not booming i don't know who they're, what's they're citing as far as the fastest clip of a quarter of a century but Can you kind of straighten it out? What is what numbers do show a boom, and what is the reality in terms of whether the economy? Art Laffer, thank you very much. Whether the economy is booming?
1: Just remember, GDP is an indiscriminate number, and GDP measures all activity. Period. Right and so it doesn't measure whether or not it's happening at the bottom it doesn't matter whether it's happening in wall street it doesn't matter if it's happening in the school system in the health care industry it doesn't matter where it's happening it's a sum of all income the nation's income and so because so much stimulus money so much deficit spending has occurred you naturally see a huge boom it is in it in in many ways it's a good It's a good sign that money is making the economy. The problem is, as usual, that we don't look at how that disbursement goes. We don't look at the we only look in aggregates. We don't look at the demographics of where it's being spent. And so the reason why you don't see any real meaningful change in Main Street is because that's not where the money's being spent at. In fact, Main Street is starving. While the money is going on top and it's still once again trickle down economics, every bit of it is. And so one of the other things, if you're into watching convergences happen, you watch as people want to get back into the into the world. They want to get back out there to go, you know, eating and going to the movies, going to concerts, while simultaneously they're at home, not wanting to get, you know, unmasked or whatever, and they're not working. And so you've got a convergence where people want to get out and do things, where people aren't working, and they're trying to figure out why there's all these problems. So you see inflation. Well, what does inflation usually represent? No, it does not mean they printed money. Anyone says that, seriously, stop. It means that there's not enough of the real goods and services out there, and literally it's driving the price up because there's so much demand for it, and there's not enough way to actually achieve it. So in the article that you're referencing, it also talks about how there's these ghost towns Monday through Friday where they expect the people back to the office. Well, just today, Governor Wolf finally instituted making schools mandate masks on the children. I mean, we're talking about we're going back down into this thing because the spiking of the covid virus is back up and all the fools want to sit there and and talk about it being a hoax and stuff. Get out of here with that crap, too. This is very serious stuff. And so part of what you're watching, again, we got the trickle-down mindset. The other thing that we're watching is this fake idea that we can go back out and live our lives while simultaneously the supply chain and the workers are not back to actually meet the demand. So what does that do? That jacks the price up. So this is the perfect storm. And now what's going to make it even worse is that while the wealthy are doing really freaking good right now, and they are kicking ass, man, they are doing fantabulous. The people that are about to lose their unemployment are about to be even worse. And mind you, the moratorium on evictions was overturned by the Supreme Court. And do not dare blame the Supreme Court for that. That is a problem of your Congress not writing laws to affect the people once again. So every one of the laws that was passed, all these good news stories that we felt were all done at the top. And everyone at the bottom is left once again to suffer as this weight comes crashing down on all of our heads. So this this is a real important time to start watching and understanding how the economy really works, divorcing ourselves from the myths and tales from the fire pit, and starting to really, really pay attention because this is your opportunity, friends. Really start fighting for this stuff. The next thing that's going to come close is the mortgage moratorium, which will end at the end of October. So now you're talking about evictions for renters. Then you're talking about mortgages. You're talking about ending unemployment and that's all to get you guys back to the workforce. There's nothing good in this story, Jordan. I wish I could give you one good news story here. It is not a good news story. In fact, the very, they've made enough people happy, fat and whole that it's going to leave us desperate because there's nobody going to take this on. Bernie's 3.5 uh expansion of the reconciliation bill for infrastructure, there's a lot of blue collar work in there that could help bring people into, you know, back out and working. Same with the even the shitty 1 trillion bill, even though it's got a lot of really bad public private partnership privatization, that has the potential to put a few people back to work as well. But ultimately, There's not a whole lot good here going on, man. Not a whole lot good at all.
0: Because you mentioned the Supreme Court. I agree with you. I mean, I I didn't expect the Supreme Court to uphold the eviction moratorium. But in their argument, when they struck it down, it was so, I mean, it it just speaks for itself. Here's what the Supreme Court said when they struck down the eviction eviction moratorium. Could the CDC, for example, mandate free grocery delivery to the homes of the sick or vulnerable, require manufacturers to provide free computers to enable people to work from home, order telecommunication companies to provide free high-speed Internet service to facilitate remote work? So forget the legalese of whether they could or not. I always call the CIA capitalism's invisible army. It wasn't my idea. You know, I stole that from somebody. But is the Supreme Court not just capitalism's protective judge? I mean, this in itself. Oh, can we do good thing? Can we mandate good things for the sick or vulnerable or, you know, help educate people by law? I mean, I don't know what you think about that, but I thought that was striking in their argument.
1: Just just remember this, it, it, you know, on the off chance that the Supreme Court ha- decided to be you know, legislating from the bench or whatever. And they, you know, they do it all the time anyway. Right. But on the off chance that they actually were the the, the primary one responsible for this, I mean, there's so many ways that they could do this, but ultimately all the laws are written with the idea of protecting capital to begin with, you know, so their job is to interpret the law and to, judi- you know, to legislate or to just judic- to judge the law, to, 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 weigh it out. Legislative branch is the one supposed to write the damn law. And the legislative branch always writes laws protecting capital, protecting private property, protecting anything but we the people. And you know, for those people who somehow or another in the back of their mind think that private property is we the people, I don't know about you, but even the wealthiest of my friends don't have quote unquote the kind of private property I'm talking about that is protected by these laws. We're 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 literally being sold out. And there's literally no protection for us at all. I mean, zero, this, this is probably about as bad as I've seen it. And I've been trying really hard to find the good news and everything lately, just because it's so depressing to be focused nonstop on the negative. But, but this is literally where the rubber meets the road. I heard you talking, you know, before I jumped on about the unions and stuff like that. And that's a great thing. 10 years too late. I mean, it's great that it's happening, but, but things are happening right here, right now, and we don't have organizing power to address it. We really don't. And, and right. there's just not enough focus on it to really impact it the way it needs to be impacted. It, we got probably you know, right here, right now with the evictions and the, uh, uh, what do you call it? The um, unemployment. Thank you. And the unemployment, you, that in and of itself creates a major, major problem. Now, with it looking like things are going to start locking down a little bit more even, you're looking at those businesses that were thinking about reopening, not having any business once again, probably laying people off once again. It doesn't take a whole lot to see how this unfolds.
0: The biggest thing is here, I think we're headed into this perpetual cycle because we're already in the midterm cycle. I mean, Labor Day's coming after that. be focused on you know oh congress is a gridlock we're already into midterm season this and that um and the democrats will to avoid these the economic disaster that they're not really doing anything about will focus keep the focus on trump and january 6th and come out because we can't give it back to trump and marjorie green taylor so all be these kind of um you know true issues the right is scary and dangerous and growing growingly insane but they're going to try and paper over. Their messaging will be, we, you know, save our majority. Don't don't worry if we didn't do any, anything substantively other than you know 1.9 trillion shots in your arm, whatever. Um, because of that, and there will be very little focus on what is now the economic hunger games. Evictions have already started tomorrow, September 1st. They're going to expedite tenfold. Un- unemployment's up uh, in six days you mentioned uh, the mortgage expiration. We didn't even talk about the student loan expiration. Everybody's dancing that there's been a little extension. Well, (laughs) they're not gonna extend it uh, that that much longer. We didn't even talk about the housing bubble that is now forming. So there is a calamity coming, folks. There's a calamity coming and the corporate media will paper over over it with articles about the booming economy. And maybe some months unemployment will go down lower and they'll have good GDP numbers and declare everything, you know, rainbows and sunshine, but things are coming.
1: Let me just say this real quick to finish off on this, because the bubble is really important to know as people get thrown out of their homes, BlackRock has already got a business model of buying up these, these houses. And you want to talk about when you have no choice, but to rent from BlackRock we're getting to a really, really dangerous place folks. Right. And you know, I, the work that we're doing over there with the con and with the new untouchables is all about this. And I'm hoping, you know, I'm not here to even plug the show. I'm here to tell you, this is not, you know, infotainment folks. you are about to live this disaster. Your family's going to live this disaster. Your friends are going to live this disaster and Really, unless we organize around these issues, not some nefarious, some other bullshit thing that somebody else thought, oh, wouldn't it be neat? These are the real material disasters coming your way right now. I can't even imagine what it's going to be like in Mississippi and Louisiana mm-hmm. during this.
0: Right, and before this, you came on, by the way, oh, Tahoe is orange. From, yeah, from the fires. Uh, Louisiana right now. I'm sure there's going to be more hurricanes in Florida and elsewhere. Stronger, more regular. Um, I wanted to ask you real quick. I know you got to go, but squeeze this in. You know, this is counter to what you preach because obviously we just printed money to be in Afghanistan and it was all a scam. Taxpayers did not pay for that war. Uh, I'm glad at least surface level we're gutting out and, you know, sin. I'm crediting Biden for that. I know it's bad to do that. but. By the Democratic Party's standard, of we got to pay for everything. Well, you're just taking something big off the books. I mean, obviously, we know it doesn't work that way. But playing their mental game, we're taking a <laughs> big, big overhead off the books, folks. Three hundred million dollars a day, twenty years. Yep. So, I'm pretty sure there's money in there for free public college tuition, for universal health care, for
1: lumbo game. We can do. Di- we got them. That's you're exactly right. I mean, if you just want to play sheer like household budget stuff they just proved in spades we got tons of money waiting for this right so but i hear no
0: discussion i hear no discussion no, on no. well what well, you know let's dramatically cut the military budget because we don't have an active war let's take this money and put it xyz yeah
1: it would it that would I, I hate to say this and you know that i'm where i'm going with this but cutting the military budget without literally immediately having a spending bill to offset that that cut to put that money back in would create a recession on top of all the other stuff that would really devastate us all. I know that people don't realize that because they don't really think in terms of macro and aggregates, but if you don't have that money spent into the economy, even that that trickle, even that little trickle right there, we will feel that in a way that that would devastate us. And we have to have a replacement for that money. That money, it should be domestic spending. It should be public purpose spending to enhance our lives, to keep us whole, to offset for, you know, the horrors of climate change, to prepare for immigrant migrations into the nation, to run away from coastal communities that are going to be underwater, things like that. These are very real things that that money could do. And we could even grow it more. We could double and triple it. I mean, there's nothing to stop us from doing that. Uh, And we have the real resources to, in fact, do that. So it is quite devastating to know that they will not do that, even though it just makes all the sense in the world. We just got 300 million a day. Hey, let's do it. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it, Jordan. And sadly, most of our audiences collectively probably don't realize that we could do better either, even though you've probably said it. A lot of people, you say this out loud, and they don't really hear, it doesn't really penetrate. They hear it surface level, level, and then they're off to the next, subject whatever that is where the next live that pops up they're off to that subject this is one of those ones where you got to lock your heels into the dirt and don't let go and hold on to this subject and stay focused on this subject because it will not happen on its own it's got to be purpose-driven and that's that's my uh that's my parting plea with you brother
0: (laughs) and by the way i'll just end this is not a question all these people with all this shit about inflation which you know you do have to uh take the temperature of that and change course. If it's real inflation, Uh, they seem to only care about inflation that helps working people, but the actual day to day 30 year inflation, which is gentrification, IE economic terrorism, which is driving up rental home prices, milk, you know, uh, just to breathe in the neighborhood you grew up in that inflation. That's, that's urban renewal. So I just find that interesting. But I want to read this part uh, from the story we just broke. Soon after state departmental timelines were allegedly falsified, uh, this is from Governor Snyder's uh, top officials, were basically fudging uh, timelines of what happened during the Flint water crisis that departments made. So the health department, environmental department, they created timelines. uh, And Snyder's top officials basically just put in false uh soon after state departmental timelines were allegedly falsified and around the same time that snyder's questionable internal flint water investigations were underway snyder administration officials voiced concern about pressure they were receiving to improperly withhold flint water documents they felt should have been released to the public in response to significant volume of freedom of information requests the intercept learned so in a nutshell You have a water crisis people are sick people are getting you know rashes hair loss um children getting sick uh you have people dying of legionnaires disease so a lot of groups a lot of organizations put in freedom of information requests they want the emails communications between snyder his top officials the health department the environmental department to know who knew what when who knew what when so Reading further here, uh, after releasing his own personal emails, which news outlets noted were largely unrelated to the water crisis and heavily redacted, Snyder told Congress that, quote, relevant documents from different state agencies would be released so that the public could have an, quote, open, honest assessment of what happened. So if you live in Michigan, you know, and if you don't live in Michigan, you should know, In the state of michigan the governor's office is not subject to freedom of information requests so let me repeat in michigan snyder whitmer they're not part of freedom of information requests so you cannot issue freedom of information requests for the governor and anybody in his office communications in michigan that is still the case under the democratic governor Gretchen Whitmer. Gee, I wonder why people get poisoned by water and there's never justice. This analyst, in a nutshell, she and others had to go through all these Flint emails to determine which one should be released as part of the FOIA request and which one should not. She emailed her supervisor expressing serious concerns about the process for releasing Flint documents, emails obtained by The Intercept Show. Schuller wrote her supervisor that during a meeting about the Flint water emails, she and other analysts were tasked with going through to evaluate which emails should be released. The employee leading the meeting told Schuler and other analysts, they quote, would not be held responsible if the documents ended up being missorted. Again, if you kind of, you know, wrongly d- decide certain emails should be kept back, shouldn't be made public. We got your back. So, Let me make this crystal clear she was basically being told to fudge fudge things if there's particular emails that might criminally implicate the governor his top officials if you don't release them we got your back okay and then she said okay great put it in writing yeah no and the lawyer walked away as i pushed back this is by the way snyder's administration I'm going to explain why it's now seems to be feeding into um, the Whitmer administration. Ultimately, Schuler said she was uncomfortable working on the FOIA project, Freedom of Information Act project, and asked to be excused, a request that was granted. Quote, if she determined an email was clearly not Flint related, but it was really was Flint re- related, she wasn't going to be held responsible for that a former official with the Department of Technology, Management, and Budget, told The Intercept. In 2013, Baird and other Snyder officials used their their private emails to communicate about a secret for-profit school model the Snyder administration planned on launching, ominously called Skunk Works. The move was par for the course for Baird, according to the former official with the Department of Technology, Management, and Budget who alleged the governor's right-hand man once chided them for sending an email about Flint to his official Michigan government email. Quote, don't ever email me there. Always email me on my Hotmail account, Baird allegedly told the former DTMB official on a call soon after the official emailed his government email. Quote, he never replied to the email. I think he was mad that I mentioned Flint in an email. The alleged command by Baird, again, governor's top advisor, Considered in Michigan his henchman, the alleged command by Baird was in sync with his overall aversion to leaving a paper trail. Quote, trust me, amigo, emails are fodder for our enemies' cannons. Baird wrote to the ex flint Emergency Manager, Darnell Early, on March 13, 2015, in a text message that we obtained. Suggest you default to the phone call or got a minute. Drop by approach. I learned this the hard way. I mean, this is literally cartoon, cartoonish. Trust me, amigo. Emails are fodders for our enemies' cannons. So, Jordan, you might be asking, okay, we get it. Snyder was evil. His administration was evil. They were pressuring officials to hold back emails that should have been released to the public. We have no idea if all the emails that should have been released to the public have been released. You got a current criminal investigation going on that frankly, to me, is horrendous. Based on the reporting I've done, they have basically tanked the investigation. They have not charged people that should have been charged based on our reporting. They have charged Governor Snyder with a misdemeanor when the original investigation was ready to charge him with misconduct in office uh, uh, and was building a case towards involuntary manslaughter. But moving on, well, how does, this, how does this bleed into the current Democratic governor that we know? You know the media has painted as some type of you know, heroin, because she fought Trump on COVID and other things. Well, if you got this, Colin, memo, Whitmer's staff reviews FOIA requests, even though she's exempt from the law. Huh. Whitmer's staff reviews FOIA requests, even though she's exempt from the law. Governor Gretchen Whitmer is not subject to the Michigan Freedom of Information Act, which is scandalous in itself. And if you live in Michigan, you should stop paying your taxes, frankly, until you get government, tra- government transparency all the way up to the top. But an internal memo shows her legal team is asking to review any communications from her office before they are released to the public by state departments that must follow the law. So in plain English, she's exempt. So her her emails, her other government, her other staff's emails in her office are exempt. That doesn't mean their communications with uh, officials from the health department, from the environmental department, from name your department that are not exempt from FOIA. Their communications with those people that are are under the FOIA laws, those are supposed to be fair game. But... Whitmer is basically saying to these departments, don't respond to FOIA requests without running it by our lawyers, meaning FOIA requests where there's communication with the governor and an outside agency or the governor's top officials and an outside agency. Whitmer's spokesperson called the policy, get this, a good government approach to increase efficiency. Boy. Boy. Is that a neoliberal pretzel twisting, if I've ever heard one? And officials from the the past administration said governor's offices typically expected advanced warnings before any sensitive disclosures. A leading open government advocate called the Whitmer memo, quote, problematic, however, because the review could further slow public record requests. And a conservative activist called Whitmer, Whitmer hypocritical given her 2018 campaign promises to to boost transparency in her office. In a memo first issued in July 2019 and revised in April, Whitmer's chief legal counsel, Mark Totten, directed department and agency directors to notify the governor's team when certain, quote, legal actions or developments arise, including pending public records disclosures involving Whitmer or staff. Quote, please provide the language of the actual request and cop and a copy of all documents that include quote, executive office communications, the memo states. So again, no different, no, no different at all than Snyder. We have governors, their officials, deciding what the public should have access to and what the public shouldn't. So I don't know if you're the governor. If you're the governor's top officials if there were certain emails that the media might pick up your opponents might pick up might give you some legal problems i might tell the health department the environmental department whichever department outside of the governor's office that is subject to freedom of information requests i might tell them not to release it or release it heavily redacted or just delay, delay, delay. How is this at all a democratic system? It Snyder did it, and now Whitmer's doing it. And by the way, i'd like to I'd like to see Whitmer's communications on Flint. I'd like to see her communications on the fact that she already knew our report that Snyder's administration manipulated the water testing data. She said it in an interview. She acknowledged the manip- manipulated testing that we broke. I'd like to see her communications on the attorney general dropping all the charges and then charging Snyder with a misdemeanor. I'd like to see her communications, frankly, and her top officials with Snyder administration officials. I'm working on something behind the scenes, but apparently they were pretty chummy, Snyder and Whitmer's people, to the point where Snyder and his people worked behind the scenes to get her elected. Gee. Snyder's people work to get her elected. She gets elected. A misdemeanor against Snyder. Hmm.